Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Mama. That's right, this is my mom. And Glenn Leverins. <laughs> This is Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, December 18th. Uh, Good morning and welcome back to a brand new hour of Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Uh, Glenn is enjoying the day off. Our thanks to Brooke Taylor uh, filling in with the news. Uh, Studio producer Sarah Tafoya is uh, on the other side of the glass. Uh, Definitely uh, in the... Christmas spirit with us this morning. Uh, thank you so much for joining us across America and beyond, wherever you may be uh, listening to us on this Monday of the third week of Advent. I hope you had a great weekend with your family and your loved ones and got to spend some uh, good quality time on Gaudete Sunday. That is Rejoice Sunday, the third Sunday of Advent. Hope you got to have some joy along the way uh, yesterday. I can tell you that uh, this reporter definitely uh, did. Now, can you believe uh, that Christmas is just one week away from today? Let's uh, continue to remember the reason for the season, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Try to get the confession before Christmas if you can. If you missed our conversation, we talked all about the beauty and all the grace that you can get from confession, especially Uh, during Advent in anticipation of the birth of our Lord Jesus. We talked about it last hour uh, with our good friend, a regular uh, contributor to the show, uh, Bishop Brendan Cahill, the Bishop of the Diocese of Victoria, Texas. So, uh, Sarah, uh, it looks like uh, you're in the spirit. You sure uh, look like you're in, in the mood with just one week to go. Oh, yeah. No, it's exciting, man. We're so close. But you know what? Hey, if you, you're behind on the list and you're still trying to get some of that stuff done, you are not alone. There are many of us out there who are still working on making sure that we can get all of the things, the many, many, many things that have to do with Christmas all uh, put put in line and ready to go. And, you know, when it comes to getting the presents, you got to get the presents, you got to wrap the presents, you got to hide the presents. Sometimes you have to hide the presents from the people that found where you hid the presents in the first place. It's exhausting. And you got to make sure that you don't forget where you hid the uh, presents. You know what? That's key. I think you know me a little bit too well there. I'm very well known in my household for hiding things and not remembering where I hid them. So luckily Santa can find them. So. You know, that, that, reminds, <laughs> that reminds me, um, we have this beautiful relevant radio nativity scene. Uh, that I got last year. I uh, won it in a, in a little uh, raffle uh, among the other uh, associates, and I my name was picked, and I got this this wonderful uh, nativity scene for outdoors. Did you outdoors. lose baby Jesus? No, oh, gosh. No, no, Come no. on, John. Lost, no, 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 okay. Haven't lost okay, baby good. Jesus, okay. but actually, we don't have baby Jesus out there, but by design, you know, we can't, we put them out sure. there on, the, on, on Christmas Eve, but I made sure that we put baby Jesus in a place where we don't lose him, exactly, yeah. where we don't forget. In fact, I moved him one more time just to make sure we don't Forget where we put them. Yeah, leave yourself a treasure map just in case they don't lose them. You don't want to do that. It is. It is. It is a beautiful thing, and it's it's one of uh, the uh, the many uh, suggestions that our very own Father Rocky has uh, about how to have 
a, a wonderful Christmas. And in fact, we, we talked about it extensively in uh, both hours last Friday. And, uh, you know, the, the nativity scene is all ready to go. We're just waiting uh, to put baby Jesus at, uh, into it uh, on uh, on Christmas uh, Eve and, and Christmas Day, of course. And uh, it reminds me, one of our uh, neighbors, this little girl, she's about five years old, uh, you know, asked my wife, Where's baby Jesus? <laughs> well, hey, now you're, I feel like you're dodging some questions here. Now, John, do you have everyone on your list checked off? Have you gotten presents for everyone yet? This uh, is, this is uh, you know, crunch time, as you like to say. It is crunch time. It is the moment of truth this week, only a week ago. Uh, I usually work best under pressure. So oh, I'm, okay. You know, <laughs> I see where this is going. That means you don't have them yet. I don't, okay. I don't have, okay. No, no, but we did get the Christmas cards. Okay. Weekend, well, that's a consolation big, prize. Big deal. Yeah. That was a big step. We, yeah. we, we did the traditional you know, uh, photos in front of the Christmas tree in the indoor nativity scene. And of course, we got the dog biscuit and got Blaze to stay still under the tree. So we got a beautiful card and uh, we'll be sending that out uh, to our to our loved ones. Very, very nice. Very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as Christmas gifts go, I'm all set. I like to get this stuff done quickly and as efficiently as possible. Uh, because I know I have uh, too many things going on and I won't be able to enjoy any of Advent if I'm still scrambling to get gifts. So uh, as I'm good under pressure under many circumstances, but in this case, I like to get that done. So uh, before December started, I almost had most of it done, just a little bit left. And now you just need to waiting, waiting for a lot of things to trickle in. Finally have everything wrapped except for one gift, waiting for that to come in the mail. Hopefully Wednesday, fingers crossed, that that, uh, that estimated time of arrival is uh, accurate because then, you know, we're getting close to the end. There is one gift that I still have to wrap other than that one that's flying in the mail, and that is we wrap up Baby Jesus in a box for the kids to open up every Christmas morning. Oh, isn't that nice? That still needs to be... What a a beautiful tradition. Yeah, so that's fun. We have, uh, you know, from God to the whole world, and we open it up, and it's Baby Jesus, and then whoever's the youngest, probably not Lucy this time because she's still too little, but uh, we bring them to baby Jesus to the manger. So that's nice. So still got to wrap up Jesus. So I try to give him a little more time breathing in the fresh air before he gets wrapped in the box for the rest of the Christmas season. But we're getting there down to the last week there. Yeah. It really sounds like you you guys are in good shape. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> that part looks aligned. You know, the other things all have to fall into place. There's a lot of things. You got to make sure that the Christmas outfits are all coming together. A lot of moving parts. You know, uh, in recent days, I've been reminding the folks of all the Wonderful Christmas music, uh, real Christmas music, secular and traditional that we have here at Relevant Radio, literally hours of Christmas music. So, uh, and this is above and beyond all the other things we got going on uh, with the, the, uh, uh, the choirs uh, that, that beggars, came here and yeah. sang. I mean, we have got Advent so much to choose. It's like a smorgasbord yes, of, a of, of Christmas stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're very, very blessed. I actually was listening to it on the way to the Christmas party Friday oh, night with my oh, wife, Cindy, and we were loving it. We was just, it was just... That will definitely get you into Christmas spirit if, if you're not in it already. Yeah, well, you know, that is the thing. When you listen to Christmas music, it really does get you in a good mood. And you know what? There's a lot of time. My husband is obsessed with Christmas music, and he's so excited. He'll want to listen to it all year round. And I'd be like, okay, you know, if I have to listen to it only near Christmas. But when you do listen, you're like, man, I could listen for hours because it really does get you in that really good place. You want to do good things for others. You want to, you know, celebrate and have joy everywhere. So... That is a beautiful thing about Christmas. You can't. There's so many songs, and you know whether they're secular or not, they all get you in the right place for this time of year. Well, speaking of your husband, uh, it, it was it was uh, 
great uh, to, to see Dominic at our relevant radio Christmas party this past uh, Friday night. Uh, if you missed it, the first hour, Matt Beersley, our ace engineer, network engineer, was with us. Uh, the two of you emceed the event. It was a, a wonderful time. We had such a, a good time, Sarah. Oh, yeah, we had fun. Yeah, it was good for, you know, my husband gets to come every other year because sometimes we have trouble finding a babysitter or somebody's sick or whatever's going on or he has to work. But, yeah, he was able to come. So the mythological creature that is my husband was there in person and he got to see everyone, which was good. Um, um, yeah, we had a good time. We, everyone, we had good meal, good conversation. And then, yeah, me and Matt went up there and we had some fun. We, we uh, had some fun poking at some silly things that uh, we, we thought were funny and other people laughed. So I guess it was funny. Well, <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh watching you walking around with that mustache. Yes. Well, one of the things that we did was we did uh, some marketing ideas that supposedly were pitched here at Relevant Radio and just were epic fails, just not, did not work well. And one of them was a Patrick Madrid mustache, which I did show off to the crowd. It uh, it didn't work as promised from the the perspective idea of what, you know, it was it was supposed to give you some magical powers. It did not give me any of those. So I think that's probably why it didn't work out. But <laughs> uh, there was another uh, funny bit that had to do with morning air. We did. We did have this. Uh, it was this idea for the morning air alarm clock. And I actually have the audio here for that. So uh, let's Take a listen. Are you having trouble waking up in the morning? It sounds like you need the morning air alarm clock. It's a morning With three different sounds to choose from, you're sure to find the one that will work best for you. Try waking up to the spirited sounds of John Morales. Si, senor. Si, senor. Hmm, not your style? Well, why not arise to the soothing sounds of the Tafoya residents? Not tough enough. Well, it sounds like it's time for DEFCON 1 with the musical stylings of Glenn Leverance on the accordion. I love the smell of accordion in the morning. The morning air alarm clock, powered by Grace. Not available in all states. Results may vary. Grace activated power does not work on the weekends. Well, there you go. See, senor, <laughs> in person. And I, I think some of that, yeah, and that probably would have woken some people up, but I guess just marketing was like, uh, just not going to work. So it didn't, it never came to fruition, but it seems like a fun idea. And geez, that's not even all my kids. Could you imagine? <laughs> That I would wake me. That wakes me up every morning. So I don't need any help. I don't need the alarm clock. <laughs> well, we we had uh, such a good time, and uh, uh, it was great to see the, the look on Father Rocky's uh, face when he opened up his present. Oh yeah, he got a wonderful piece uh, of marble from from our new chapel that says persevere on it. And he told his wonderful story related to how he had been encouraged by several former priests to keep persevering in prayer, which is really encouraging for all of us. Cause you know, no matter what, if we lose the focus, you know, we get off track real easily. So it's a lesson for all of us. So yeah, he really enjoyed that. So I'm, I'm glad he got that. It really, really was. And it was good to see our, our, our colleague Glenn, who is enjoying today off. In fact, he's off most of this week. I, I guess he will be in with us tomorrow. Uh, one last time here th- this year, but uh, uh, Glenn is something else. He knows how much I love Roberto Clemente. I, he was my childhood hero. And so he, he uh, put together a, a beautiful Roberto Clemente uh, reproduction of a Clemente baseball card from 1969 and it was just beautiful and he put it on real thick stock footage and it's bigger than a normal baseball card and in case you're listening Glenn which he, he, I'm, I'm sure he probably is not because he's enjoying the day off uh, but 
Uh, word will get back to him that I really do appreciate it. Yeah, he's something else. That was great. It was great to see him and his wife in person and everybody. It was good to see all the coworkers, many of whom sometimes are off campus, aren't here in Lincolnshire. So it's always good to chit chat and catch up with all of them. And hey, we had cheesecake for dessert. So you can't go wrong there. And, and just a, a real quick note, you know, one of the suggestions that Father Rocky has given us is to 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 visit somebody who's lonely, maybe in a nursing home, a family or friend, or maybe somebody in your parish. Well, yesterday, on the way home from visiting my mother, who's at the Little Sisters Nursing Home, we had a great time together and sang some carols together. But on the way home, I called an, an old friend. He was actually uh, the videographer for our wedding, and he's run into some tough times and had a stroke a few years ago, and the guy could hardly barely speak. Uh, even last year when we when we last spoke, uh, he really didn't sound very good. Yesterday, he sounded amazing. And I was so uh, uplifted just to hear God's miracle really working through him. You know, this this guy sounds almost like 99% of his old self again. And it was just a, a, a just a reminder of a, what, a, what a nice thing it is to, to reach out to, to folks uh, who may be lonely. Uh, he's in a nursing home, uh, still rehabbing uh, from his stroke, but uh, he sounds almost 100%. And it just, it's, it's a reminder that it gave me great joy. I almost brought a tear to my eye when I think about how God works in such amazing ways. And so uh, just wanted to share that little uh, story. So if you have somebody out there that you haven't talked to in a long time, hey, just pick up the phone and give them a ring. You have no idea what a smile uh, it might put on their face. Yeah, and a smile on your face, as it sounded like, John. That's the, the one thing about, uh, you know, charity and goodwill is that it circles its way right back to you. You feel like you didn't even do anything to someone else. They always, you know, God is very good. He brings it back. Absolutely. It is more blessed to give than to receive, as our Lord uh, Don't take that into the presence either, though, John. You really have to get your wife something, okay? (laughs) Absolutely, for sure. No no doubt. All right, as always, uh, thanks, Sarah. Hey, you got it. First things first, we start every hour always in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, the Mother of God. On Mondays, uh, we pray for our loved ones and our relatives uh, who may be uh, in purgatory. And of course, we continue to pray for peace in the Middle East as well as in Ukraine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the Unborn and of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we invoke the Holy Spirit every morning here on the show, and we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from Isaiah 9-6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is one of the many prophecies of the Old Testament that is fulfilled by the baby of Bethlehem, Jesus Christ the Lord. God with us, Emmanuel, is the child to be born who would fulfill uh, these prophecies of the Incarnation, the Word made flesh, the Son of God, the King of Kings, 
the Prince of Peace. So let's continue to prepare our hearts for the coming of the baby Jesus, the mighty God, by going to confession here in Advent to have a truly blessed Christmas. And we always pray with great confidence uh, that powerful prayer from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a short break. When we come back, our spiritual director, the baseball priest, Father Burke Masters, will be with us to continue his B-Form series. This morning, we're going to continue to focus on uh, the apostolic nature of the Holy Eucharist and the Church. So stay with us as this Monday edition of Morning Air rolls on here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales. Glenn is off. Producer Sarah is with us. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's an honor to be with you this morning on this third Monday in Advent here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Quick reminder, if you go to the Relevant Radio app or the RelevantRadio.com website, you're going to find hours and hours of beautiful carols and hymns, real Christmas music, secular and traditional, to get you ready for Christmas. So all you have to do is look for the Christmas in Song banner, and it's available right now on the Relevant Radio app and at relevantradio.com. I can tell you I listened to it last Friday on the way to our Christmas party, and it it is just absolutely uh, outstanding. It'll definitely get you in the Christmas spirit. You can send us an email uh, directly uh, anytime. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. And our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the conversation here this morning, 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Now, every Sunday we say uh, in the Nicene Creed these words, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, but... Do you realize that the Eucharist is also one holy Catholic and apostolic? Joining us live this morning is our spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Jokes uh, Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, in suburban Chicago, to continue talking about the apostolicity of the Eucharist and of the Church as we continue uh, with the Be Formed series. Uh, Father Burke is the author of his new book, A Grand Slam for God, A Journey from Baseball to Catholic Priest. He's the Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain known as the baseball piece, and of course, a longtime Morning Air contributor. Good morning, Father Burke. Uh, happy Advent. Thanks so much for uh, being with us uh, once again. Can you believe we're only a week away from the big day? Yeah, the, the time is flying by, and you know, this is as short as Advent can be, being that the fourth Sunday of Advent is this coming Sunday, and then Christmas. <laughs> is the next day. And so it, it is really, it sneaks up on us very quickly. So um, time to, time to get ready spiritually and to prepare our hearts for this beautiful celebration of Christmas. 
Um, Father Burke, uh, did you wear rose-colored vestments yesterday? And uh, I'm sure the reaction is always interesting. It is, yes. We do have uh, rose-colored vestments. And, you know, a lot of priests joke that we don't wear pink, we wear rose, you know. Um, But it is that sign of uh, there's something different and Christmas is near and it's time to rejoice. You know, it used to be where Advent and Lent we're both very penitential where people would fast and pray. And, you know, we have the fourth week of Lent that signals that, you know, Easter is near. This third week of Advent is a sign that Christmas is near. And it was a time where people could relax their, their penance and, and, and fasting a little bit for the celebration. And so that's what we, you know, we remember in our roots of, of, of why we have this different color during Advent. Beautiful, uh, beautiful tradition. Well, uh, uh, Father, uh, I have you know I am wearing a pink striped shirt this morning to continue that uh, uh, joyful spirit from Gaudete Sunday yesterday. Amen. Keep celebrating. And uh, yesterday happened to be uh, my birthday as well, so it was oh. a great celebration for me, a, a double uh, double celebration of birthday and Gaudete Sunday. Oh, that is awesome. Well, uh, belated happy birthday, Father Burke. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Father, can you uh, briefly remind us uh, uh, about what we uh, talked about uh, uh, last time, about the three uh, ways uh, that the Eucharist is apostolic? Sure. As you mentioned uh, in the Creed, you know, the Church is one holy Catholic and apostolic, and the Eucharist is apostolic as well. And this comes from um, Ecclesia de Eucharistia, which is a, uh, an apostolic exhortation from uh, St. John Paul II. And he says the Eucharist is apostolic in three ways. One of them is you can trace it back to the apostles at the Last Supper. Uh, the second one is then the Eucharist belongs to the Church, and the Church is, is the custodian of the Eucharist that continues to, to teach and, and preach about the Eucharist. And then the third way is that only the apostles and their successors, the bishops, and the priests have the authority to perform this consecration. So we see this continuity from the apostles through the church, through the bishops and priests, where the Eucharist, the very body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus gets, you know, passed uh, throughout the world. And what a, what a great gift, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic because of the Eucharist. I'm a priest because of the Eucharist and I remain a priest to share this great gift with God's people. I remember you telling the story uh, before you became Catholic, when you, I believe when you were in high school and you couldn't go uh, to Holy uh, Communion then, but you, you know, that desire was already there. It, it, was, it was growing. Uh, as I learned more, you know, I don't believe just because people tell me to believe. I'm one that I want to know why. I was probably one of those little boys that asked my mom and dad, why, why, why? And I took theology classes at a Catholic high school where I went basically to play baseball and get a good education. And Sister Margaret Ann was teaching us about the Eucharist. And I thought that's, that's intriguing, but I, I, I only trust what my eyes can see and my eyes just see bread and wine. But as I watched my, my friends go forward for communion, you know, every time we, we go to mass at school, I thought there's something more happening here. You know, they, they approach the Eucharist with such reverence. And I thought, I want to be a part of that. Um, and eventually, you know, that led me to 
being baptized as a senior in high school. And, uh, and it wasn't until I was 30 that I went to the, went to the seminary to start studying to be a priest. So the Holy Eucharist, uh, is, is very special, obviously in your heart, but also, you know, for our church, uh, in general, it's, it's considered the source and the summit, uh, of, uh, the, the life of the church. Can you talk about the imp- importance of, of the priest, um, as, uh, being able, uh, to, uh, uh, confer the Holy Eucharist, uh, in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, you may have heard the saying, you know, without priests, there's no Eucharist. And uh, so only a validly ordained priest can speak, as St. John Paul II says in this letter, uh, in the person of Christ and serve as that apostolic link between the Eucharist and the Paschal Mystery. In other words, Jesus, uh, he says to his apostles, do this in memory of me. And there he's giving them, he's instituting not only the Eucharist, but also the priesthood. And, you know, from that time on, as those apostles went out to evangelize, and then they would ordain priests and bishops in, as, they, as the faith spread, they also gave them that authority in order to consecrate uh, the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. And so we can't underestimate the, the privilege um, as a priest, the privilege to celebrate the Eucharist, uh, but also the importance to pray for vocations and uh, to pray for your local priest that this is the source and summit. Just coming out of COVID, you know, uh, hopefully something we'll never have to go through again in that, you know, um, you know, that pandemic. A lot of people, we got used to watching Mass on TV and, and and I always said it's better than nothing, but it's far from the real thing because you can't receive the Eucharist, you know, watching Mass on TV, but going to Mass and being with the community and being with uh, a bishop or priest who is celebrating the Eucharist, we're able to actually receive that, that great gift, the source and summit of our faith, the Eucharist uh, at Mass. Um, Father Burke, is it challenging uh, for uh, priests, especially pastors who have so many responsibilities, they're so busy, um, to lose their focus on what's really important because they're so busy doing all the other tasks? And and when I say, you know, what's really important, obviously prayer and the Holy Eucharist. Yeah, it's not until you get to know a priest well, you realize, you know, a lot of people think we just work on Sunday mornings. but people who get to know us, they realize, um, in fact, I was just talking to somebody recently and he said, I can't believe how busy you priests are as pastors because, you know, it's visiting the hospitals, it's uh, anointing the sick, it's counseling people, it's preparing people for marriage, it's, you know, hearing confessions and, you know, there's a non, and we have a big school here as well. It can be easy to lose our focus. And, and what St. John Paul II is saying here is the Eucharist has to be the source and summit, not only for the church, but also for the life of a priest. And he said, don't lose uh, that, that focus, that this is the most important thing that you do. And so I always uh, look at my schedule. And even though we're not required uh, by church law to celebrate Mass every day, as priests, we should, because this is the center of our faith. And, um, and so 
it, it can be easy to lose that focus uh, and maybe it's good to be reminded every once in a while how, how important the Eucharist is. And also uh, how important priests are. You know, it, there's some parishes where there's uh, a shortage of, of priests and they can't have daily Mass on certain days because there's not a priest uh, to celebrate Mass. And so in those situations, uh, uh, perhaps um, a communion service is appropriate. Yes, and, uh, and, and it's also good to pray for laborers in the vineyard. You know, I was vocation director for our diocese for 12 years, and, uh, you know, so my role was to help young men discern their vocation and helped many men go into the se- seminary and eventually get ordained priest, and what a privilege that is. So if you have a shortage in your parish and your diocese, pray for vocations every day because the Lord hears the cry of the poor, if you will, and if we have, you know, imagine what the world would be without the priesthood and without the Eucharist. You know, it, it's struggling. The world is struggling as it is. But with the priesthood, with the Eucharist, the very presence, the sacramental presence of Jesus in the Eucharist is around the world and continues to uplift us and continue to remind us that the Lord God Emmanuel is with us. And once we receive the Holy Eucharist, then we're supposed to go out into the world and, and be a, a light and, and uh, bring uh, Christ to others. And in fact, just the, the way that the Mass actually ends uh, with the Mass is ended, it, the, the Latin translation really hits home. Yeah, ita misa est is the, you know, the Latin dismissal at Mass. Go, you are sent. We are on a mission. You know, the word mission and mass, misa, all come from the same root word of, of being sent. And what we receive, we're, we're meant to go out and share the good news and call people to Christ. And eventually, if they're not Catholic, to draw them into the, the community of where they too can receive the Eucharist. Most converts to the Catholic faith, like myself, are here because of the Eucharist. And I believe that God called me from being a non-Catholic baseball player to a Catholic priest is to help Catholics appreciate this incredible gift of Jesus in the Eucharist. Well, Father Burke, uh, we are so grateful uh, for all your contributions this past uh, year here in 2023 and look forward uh, for much more in the upcoming uh, year. Can you leave us real briefly with your uh, blessing? Sure. Heavenly Father, I ask you to send your blessing upon all who are listening. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and Mother Mary. We ask you to wrap your mantle around us always and protect us. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Father Burke. Father Burke Masters, uh, the baseball priest and longtime morning air contributor. We need to take a short pause. Uh, when we come back on the other side, Catholic author and faith coach Kendra Von Esch will join us to discuss how to minimize materialism and make Jesus the focus uh, here during uh, these final days of Advent, and also how to deal with those difficult personalities during the Christmas season. So stay with us. We're headed down the stretch on this Monday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Christmas stuff like a bingo balls and hoop hoop fluff. Trim up the tree with goo goo gums and bizzle picks and ones. 
bathroom, every blessed window, and trim every blessed door. A little preview of what's to come with Glenn's Story Corner. I was just thinking, I don't know if I've ever heard that tune. Now but, uh, you know, Quite That's appropriate what it's about. for what, what we've got coming up. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, uh, along with uh, producer Sarah that you just heard. Glenn is enjoying the day off today. Thank you so much for making us a part of your morning on this Monday, the third week of Advent. Uh, we are headed down the, the stretch, only uh, a week to go until Christmas. Now, have you heard of Charles Dickens' uh, Christmas Carol as a -a once-of-a-kind audio Advent calendar? From the Merry Beggars at Relevant Radio, step into Charles Dickens' timeless classic in a whole new way, faithful to the original text and featuring world-class radio actors and top-notch theater of the mind audio all you have to do is subscribe online this morning it is still not too late at adventwithscrooge.com to receive this free daily series in your inbox that's adventwithscrooge.com plus john some of relevant radio employees actually sing some of the caroling that goes in and out of the episodes i don't know can you hear yourself uh no i uh, you didn't sign up for that not a part of okay uh, that uh, choir. Well, tune in. You can hear some of the relevant radio employees. <laughs> I can tell you, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We have a smorgasbord of ways to get us ready uh, for Christmas, to get into the Christmas spirit. You can, of course, always send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Uh, you can find us on social media on X, formerly Twitter, our handle at morningairshow, as well as on Facebook. Now, we have seen so many stores and businesses pushing Christmas on us since October, uh, since before Halloween, I believe. Uh, Although we all love the Christmas season, I think it's important to stay grounded and not let materialism or consumerism uh, really take a hold of us. How can we focus instead on the real reason for the season, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And how do we uh, take Jesus into our relationships, especially How do you deal with some of those really difficult personalities uh, during this season? Joining us live this morning uh, from the Chicago area is Morning Air regular contributor Kendra Von Esch uh, with much more on uh, dealing with uh, materialism and uh, making Jesus the focus. Kendra is a speaker, faith coach, podcaster uh, who is passionate about sharing her faith, her supernatural transformation and spiritual experiences while helping others along their journey as well. She's also the author of Am I Catholic? A Struggle with Faith, Humility, and Surrendering to God. Good morning, Kendra, my sister. Thank you so much for joining us. It is good to be with you once again with just literally seven days, one week left before Christmas. I know, John. It's so good to be here. I was just telling Sarah that. I'm like, I can't believe it's a week. I'm not sure I like this short Advent thing. I I want that fourth week in full, don't you? (laughs) It's literally going to be one day, less than a day uh, this coming Sunday. It'll be be the the fourth Sunday of Advent uh, minus the rest of the week. Amen to that. I mean, I guess it is what it is, and we make the best out of this last week, the rejoicing week. I was just telling some of the people that I that I coach, like, how are you going to show up in a great way in terms of joy and just being different this week and bringing it with Jesus, you know, not just being happy because you're out there shopping, being out there because, 
are happy and out there because Jesus is coming. And it's not too difficult for us to do that. I mean, I know it's a little late. We're talking a week. But if you're like me, you might be a procrastinator and you might do your shopping a little later. <laughs> or, that would be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My husband and I used to do it on Christmas Eve, all of it on Christmas Eve. I don't know. We don't do that anymore. And I'm pretty happy because that was kind of an insane practice that we got into. Yeah, but. that is a little bit much. You're cutting it down to the wire. You got it. You got it. But one year. So let's look at the economy. You know, let's look at the facts of the world. It's not all that great out there. There are people that are struggling with finances. And maybe this is something that you look at for next year, too. But my family and I, when we had people that were struggling with jobs or were in between jobs, we just said, you know what? No gifts this year. And so what we did was we brought stories and it didn't have to be Christmas stories, but we said, okay, bring a story about someone. And so what we did was we pulled out names of people in the family. And that was the story that you had to bring on Christmas was the story about that particular person. And it's the Christmas that we continue to talk about to this day because it was different. It was funny. We were laughing with the stories. We were going down memory lane and while it may not have 100% been focused on Jesus, it certainly was connecting the family in a way that we wouldn't have ripping open presents and going through the good old tradition of the culture that, you know, makes us sit down <laughs> and look at what we got from one another, right? And there's all that judgment that comes along with that time frame, too, that we may not realize, but it does kind of seep in to that little time frame. Yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful uh, tradition there that you have with uh, telling stories instead of uh, getting overwhelmed and consumed uh, with all uh, the the materialism and all the all the shopping and all the sales and all the gimmicks that you see all over the. It's, it's you're getting bombarded, like I said at the beginning. I mean, it starts uh, before Halloween uh, the, uh, these days. It is, and that is the culture that makes it become consumerism. It's all about how much can we get you to spend. <laughs> and there may be some people that on the other side of Christmas are in another financial hurt because they spent too much or they put too much on their credit cards. And it's not about that. If we could start celebrating Jesus and talking about Jesus in October, that would be fabulous. You know, hey, in a couple months, Jesus is coming. Let's talk about his second coming. Let's really see how we can be more like Jesus. I mean, that's really what the Christmas season is about, is to prepare for his second coming, to celebrate his first coming. But then it's us, like we are to conform. We are to love ourselves and love our neighbors. And that's the, the true season. The feeling of the season is love. And if we could just shower love on people, I think maybe the, the desire for gifts might not be there anymore because we're not looking for that hole to be filled anymore. We're looking to be loved. We're looking to be accepted. And a lot of the times we try to fill that hole with stuff and materialism and money. And so if we cognizantly, you know, if we, if we take a cognizant look, if we are cognizant, let me use that word right, <laughs> and we pay attention we can get around it. And let's talk about the kids, you know? We used to say, oh, we'll, we'll get the kids their gifts, but all the adults won't buy. Well, what about getting the child a couple of things that have to do with Jesus, 
There are so many amazing gifts that are puzzles or that are movies that bring Jesus into the little kids' lives. And another thing that would be really cool is to take a child to give gifts to children that are less fortunate or bring a child to a food pantry and have them see that, look, there are people that don't have homes. And I can guarantee you, if I was a kid and someone did that to me, it would impact me pretty hard. I remember my neighbor who was a teenager and she went to go see the Sound of Freedom movie with her parents. And it changed her. Her parents said, we don't know who our daughter is anymore because she wants to get in to that feel to help people. You never know what, you know, bringing children outside of their protected little bubble of Christmas in the consumer world might actually do to open up their heart and to have them be that Christ-like child that we're all trying to raise, aren't we? Without a doubt. Uh, in fact, in recent days, last Friday, Sarah and I talked all about uh, Father Rocky's uh, 10 suggestions on how to have a, a wonderful Christmas, how to really prepare uh, for the baby Jesus. And uh, that's why we talked about confession uh, this morning in the first hour. You know, you want to have a, a, a beautiful Christmas, have a clean heart. And uh, we talked about it with uh, Bishop Cahill in hour number one here uh, th- this morning. I want to br- open up uh, our phone lines and invite our listeners. Uh, maybe you might want to share how you stay focused on uh, Jesus during this Advent season and, uh, and what, how you deal with uh, being bombarded by all the materialism that, that is out there. If you want to get in, uh, we're taking your calls for a Catholic speaker and author and faith coach, uh, Kendra Von Esch at 888-914-9149, 888 Kendra, what about uh, once we are with our relatives and friends, and uh, some of them may not be on the same page with us uh, spiritually? How, how do you deal with some of these challenging, difficult personalities that really could care less about the real meaning of Christmas? <laughs> yeah, like we, like none of us have that to deal with, do we? I think everybody has a relative or two or friends, or family, or co-workers who are not on board with our faith. And that is okay. That's normal. And that's why we have to be different. So that's why we need to be joyful, and loving, and patient, and kind. So we have to love them where they're at. We don't have to say, or try to catechize, or try to win fights. I think during Christmas and the actual celebration itself, it's all about trying to love and not have those deep conversations that sometimes, especially if there's alcohol, will get potentially into an argument or into a debate. And we don't want that. So you know those people, you know who's gonna push your buttons. So start off from the very beginning with love. Run up to Uncle Bob, wrap your arms around Uncle Bob, give him a big old wet kiss on the cheek and say, Merry Christmas, Uncle Bob, I love you so much and watch how the rest of your night is different. You and can also, just love them oh, to death. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. Go ahead, John. No, I'm just thinking I'm, I'm trying to th- picture people in my own uh, family and, and maybe um, loved ones who are uh, away from the Lord. I, I, I can think of, of one in particular that I'm always praying for. And yeah, you can't talk your way into bringing them back to the to the church. I think we need to be Christ to them. We need to, to show the, the light of, of our Lord Jesus uh, to those folks that it could be uh, challenging. Amen. Now you might you might have one who likes to debate you on your faith, you know, so make sure that you know your faith. That's important too. So if you need to bone up a little bit on some stuff, grab your catechism, watch some podcasts, listen to this beautiful relevant radio station because you're going to learn a ton anyway. Uh, at the end of the day, it's really, you're right, be Christ-like. Love them as you would want to be loved. And I'm telling you, they will melt a little. You but can't always argue. do it with uh, with gentleness and w- with respect, uh, like First Peter three fifteen reminds us. Uh, you, you can't hit them over the head with the catechism or or even with with script, scripture with Bible verses. Uh, you know, before we run out of time, uh, Maria is calling us from Illinois. Uh, Kendra, uh, Maria, welcome to Morning Air. You're on with Kendra Von Esch. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I, I was just curious how to approach with extended families when we get together for Christmas. Um, the no gift? Are they trying to do something different and outside of the box that we're used to? Our kids have so many things that I don't, I'm not a fan of things too much. <laughs> How do you approach that with uh, with extended families? Um, you know, that's a good question. And you could say, my kids, you just said it. You really did. My kids have so much stuff that we really try to make it about family and about sharing memories and about Jesus. And I hope that you would understand or feel free to ask me any questions about our tradition and how we like to do it this year. But is that okay? I mean, you can open it up as a question and have a dialogue. And you know what? They may just be like, oh, cool. Awesome. I don't want to have to go shop for all these presents anyway. (laughs) And on top of that, you're right. It is about not the presents. It is a different connotation and a different feeling when it is about sharing and being together and spending that time and having a meal and bringing up memories. And maybe one other thing, you can do some Jesus trivia, you know, like ask some questions and see it's fun. I brought it up at my last party. I didn't have anything written down, and I asked questions that I didn't even know. And it was kind of fun to see who knew what, and uh, it brought Jesus into the season. What do you think of that? Thanks, Maria. I really appreciate that's a really, really good uh, point. You know, uh, I think, you know, we're not opposed to gifts per se. I mean, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So gifts can can be a beautiful thing, but it's not either or. It's both and. It's gifts and the focus on our Lord Jesus, Kendra. Right, right. Don't go overboard and completely ignore Jesus. You can have gifts. It's not wrong. You're absolutely right. But make a couple of them Jesus gifts, you know? Make make it something that is spiritual, that makes the gift a purpose for the season. You know what I mean? Instead of just toys, something that they can talk and understand and have an idea of who God is. I'm talking about the little ones. And there's so many great, great Catholic companies out there that 
share so much of the faith in an entertaining way that the kids will love. Forget those Disney movies, get them some of the other things that have to do with Jesus. Absolutely. We'll have to leave it right there. Thank you so much, uh, Kendra. Many blessings the rest of uh, this uh, final week of, of Advent and Merry Christmas to you. Morning Air contributor Kendra Von Esch. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called The Grinch Gets Christmas from Dr. Seuss. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. James 1.17 All good giving and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no alteration or shadow caused by change. And our thanks uh, to uh, Glenn. Now, uh, during these final days of the Advent season, join Father Rocky and Maggie for the Family Rosary Across America live at 7 p.m. Central tonight. And every night of the week, you can pray, you can watch it on uh, relevantradio.com or the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Monday edition of Morning Air for Glenn Leverance. Producers Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, Young Thomas, Brooke Taylor, and our entire Morning Air team. I'm John Morales. Thank you so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow on the next Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is straight ahead. <laughs>